for the second time. This is First Time for Everything. I'm Jordan Rizzieri. And I'm Adam Richardson. Hi, Adam. Hi. We made it. Yeah, we did. Look at that. Second one. We did it. Yeah. It was a little little unsure there for a while, but we're here. Yeah. We're already doing much better than, uh, I don't know what it is, some crazy stat, like 70% of podcasts just stop after the first episode. I'd like to know how many stop after the second, so, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I reckon we'll make it back for week three. But yeah, we're here, and uh, obviously we've got a great guest coming up shortly. You will have seen in the description and the artwork and all that stuff. But uh, we should probably talk about last week, because the first episode went down well. It did. We talked to Scroobius Pip about the first time he used his stage name. Although, it's kind of not his stage name anymore. It's just his name. It's what you and I know him as. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's, it's just his name. And as he said on the episode, everybody just refers to him as Pip. He gets post that says Scroobius Pip on it. You know, that's him. That's his name. Yep, he's just Pip to us. So He is. It was a good episode, though. I really enjoyed talking to him. He had some good stories. And I also feel like it was a great, it was great to have somebody that we know and trust on the first episode to kind of give us some feedback to about how they felt like it was going so that we felt encouraged to set out and interview some other people. So I loved that. Exactly. Yeah. So people who are tuning in to listen to Jamie, who may not have uh, checked out the first episode, then I, uh, I think there's some crossover there. There's some interesting, you know, career crossovers in the fact that they're both uh, sort of have been or are in the music industry. Um, so, yeah, go back and listen to the first episode. Um, what else are we going to do today? We had our first challenges, uh, which we set each other last week. Um, so we're going to talk about those at the end of the episode. So uh, come back after after our chat with Jamie. Um, but yeah, this week's guest. I've said her name a couple of times. Who is it, Jordan? It's Jamie Coletta. Um, Jamie is just the most wonderful person. It was such a joy to talk to her. She started No Earbuds, which is a PR, marketing, and much more company. Um, and she supports a lot of really amazing bands, some of which we talk about at the later on at the end of the interview as well. So we're so excited to have Jamie on. She totally crushed this interview. I think everyone's going to enjoy this a lot. Yeah, I hope so. So Jamie Coletta is here, and she's going to be talking about the first time she started a business. How long have you been working in the music business? Um, since I graduated college. So, oh, okay. Let's see. I graduated college in two thousand nine. So, what are we working with? Like eleven years, twelve, maybe? Oh, god. Yeah, a longish <sighs> time. Wow. <laughs> and did you? was like did you always have like an entrepreneurial spirit or was was your goal when you got out of school like I'm gonna go work for a really big record label and like I I didn't go to school for a music business so I have no idea what people's aspirations are when they when they get out of a, a music yeah. business program yeah I think I like at that point in my life yeah I was definitely thinking about labels um and I initially did not want to go to a major I wanted to work for like a smaller label where like I really wanted to just work with bands that I liked and I just really like emo. So I was like, I, there's only a handful of these folks out there, but, and it, it just felt very impossible to get into, but, um, I ended up falling just into the major system at first. I, it's just where I got my first job and that's where they gave me a chance. So, um, and it's where people believed in me. So I stuck with that and it actually ended up like, it, 
it predicted and not predicted, but it just like changed how I would operate for my entire career because I started in that place instead of somewhere else. So Jamie, I don't know if Jordan has mentioned before our idea for a podcast that we were going to do before this one, which uh-huh. was to, uh, I can't, whose list was it? Vultures? No, I think it was Kerrang's. Kerrang's. Oh, it was a Kerrang in the end. They did like yeah. a top 50 emo albums of uh-huh. all time. And we were going to go through it album by album, pretty much, and sort of reevaluate, you know, do a little deep dive. Uh, and then I we mean, worked out oof. that there was far, far too much problematic stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we ditched it. Yeah, there's uh, that's just also like, what a commitment. <laughs> that's yeah. just a lot of stuff you probably don't need to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. I also think, and it's ironic because we're asking you all these questions about like, back in the before times but i i definitely started thinking about like who i was as a person when i was listening to that music and i was like i don't i don't want to go back there I, I mean i'm glad that she became me but well, i don't need to take that that trip back to yeah. all those ex, ex-boyfriends <laughs> yeah and it was also just like yeah it was so like oh you just like i remember being like pretty like as far as like teenagers go like a pretty standard situation you know like angsty all the typical things that you expect but it's just like i didn't really have anything to be upset about you know like (laughs) looking back i'm just like oh man i really like leaned all the way into this stuff and some of it was so like now looking back it's so like wow the way they talked about women and the way they framed women and stuff it's just like damn like i can appreciate that stuff for like what it was for me at that time in my life but revisiting it is tough it's just tough yeah that's how I felt after watching the Woodstock 99 documentary. I was like, oh, my uh, God, why do you love corn so much? Do you love corn? Or was it just advertised to you because you were actually the target demo for MTV in 1999? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll never forget anyway. my, my high school. We had a nanny in high school who she did not like my corn CD and she smashed it with a hammer and she destroyed it. <laughs> That's no. that's pretty cool in a way, you know. Yeah, that's I was like, "What the these hell?" Days... I was like, "My mom didn't even care." <laughs> like... You should have been like, "No, no, break stuff is a Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> you, it's a wrong album." Yeah, you got this twisted, Kim. You yeah. got this twisted. <laughs> I, I remember when um, Slipknot released "Wait and Bleed," and I bought um, a, like a VHS tape of um, a Slipknot performance or something. And at the time, I thought I, I, I thought I hated Slipknot because I was like, right, no, I like all of this sort of pop punky stuff. And this is too much. And it would be cool to hate Slipknot. And then I got some, this is like really lame, but I got some petrol. Um, <laughs> I had some petrol and I poured it on this VHS on my patio. My parents were away on holiday and we set oh. fire to it. And then we took some pictures of it. And we were posing next to it and sort of in our hoodies going, oh, my God, yeah, we're burning this Slipknot VHS. And I just I found those photos fairly recently. And it was just like, what? I don't know. I'm going to need to see one of those, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So first of all, this is definitely making it into the episode. Number one. (laughs) Number two, it's going all over social media. Um, Okay. Yeah. Jeez, Adam. Uh, I didn't they're realize. really low res because it was like the first mobile okay. phone I had that took. We're photos, not going to judge so... you. Don't worry. It's all okay, good. Cool. We just want to see gonna... it. All right. Cool. No, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going to judge you for, for sure. <laughs> Jamie's just being nice. Anyway. So, okay. Let's get so, back on track. So, yes. you, so you graduate from college. You go to work 
in the the major label kind of sector of music business. You love emo, and those are the kinds of bands that you want to work with. So when you get your first job, do you know, and this is something else I'm super fascinated by when people have like a a strong pull toward an industry, do you know for sure, like, I want to be a tour manager or I want to be in A&R? Like, did you know exactly what kind of like subsect of music business you wanted to work in? Or was this kind of like, all right, I'm here. Now I'm going to figure out where my particular skill set and expertise and and passions kind of like align? Um, I don't think like when I was in college, I didn't know. Like I didn't have any real direction. I was just doing it because I just felt like that was what I would do. Like, I didn't really know what the job would be. I just really liked to like find bands and show people and get friends turned on to new music and go to concerts, like do all these things. And, um, I like got to college, got an internship in a publicity department. And that was sort of like the first time where I was like, Oh wait, the thing that I love doing is kind of publicity. Like that's kind of what it is. You know, it's like, sharing music and stories and like things that you find cool with other people and like what makes it special to you and just like sharing that with everyone that's sort of basically the gig so it was like not something I did like knowing what the job was but it was like I wanted to do it anyway and um getting that internship was just really helpful for me to figure out put those pieces together and to like it kind of just set the course for my career at that point you know because my I can root everything back to that first internship I did at it was at Capitol Records and the people there connected me with my next job which connected me with my next job which connected me to here you know like everything comes back to that those people so they they helped me kind of figure out that path and and so it was like not really an intentional thing at all (laughs) um and you know over a decade later I definitely don't like the 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 job I don't like being a publicist (laughs) And I don't think if anybody ever says they do, I've, I've got questions. Um, but <laughs> I feel like I've gotten a lot out of it and learned how to do it in a different way. And that's just, you know, it's funny because you're right. Like, I feel like people now, especially younger people, they know exactly what they want to do. And mm-hmm. that's crazy to me. because I was just like, dude, I just liked going to shows and I didn't want to do anything else. And I'm really, really bad at math. So it really limited my ability to kind of do almost anything. So I was like, I just thought, you know, how cool would it be when I'm at a concert? Like, how cool would this be if this was what I did forever, you know? And I don't know, I guess just having that intention helps kind of set the path. So so how did you end up starting your own company? Because that's the first time that we're really talking about here. Is yeah. The first time I ever started my own company, which is fucking awesome. Hopefully it's the only time, right? I mean, was... <laughs> I hope true. I don't have to continuously start companies. <laughs> crazy. One and done. It's a lot. Um, how did I get to that point? Um, so I was laid off from my last job, my most recent industry job. And it was a really like, sudden layoff they didn't like to the point where three weeks prior to being laid off they flew me to New York and put me up in a hotel to like go out with an artist and take them to like meetings and stuff and so it was really sudden and and unexpected and I didn't know what to do a lot of different record labels had heard about it and were reaching out to me and offering me positions with their company to basically just go and do the same job and 
I like sat there and I had been at that position for five years at that point. And so I was like, I, I had every conversation you can imagine. Anybody who reached out to me with any interest to talk, I talked to. I went and I met with them. Like I did everything. And one by one, like, and I say this completely, like, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. Like one by one, I just got to a point in those conversations where I felt like, holy shit, like this doesn't feel right. And after like a few of those, you're just like, you start to kind of question yourself a little bit because you're like you're turning down jobs right now dude <laughs> like mm. and not just jobs but like jobs that you're you're that child that that version of me I'm, I was mentioning about like wanting to work at these smaller labels like they were all hitting me up you know like and it was just like nothing felt right and it probably took about six months into that year before I realized like oh wow like I'm not going to take any of those jobs like not a single one. I'm going to say no to all of them. And I'm going to stop these conversations. And I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and simultaneously, while I was meeting and interviewing and talking to all these people for these jobs, I wanted to make money, obviously. So I started I did some freelance PR work for different bands. And the first one was one of my favorite bands of all time, I have a tattoo for them. And it was the singer of that band who kind of like was one of the first people to reach out and be like, I know what you're going through right now is crazy. But if you're down to do this record with us, like, I believe in you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, wow. And like that. So while I'm meeting and having all these talks about jobs, I've got that happening at the same time. So when it hit that point of the year it was that summer that I was just like, dude, that guy believes in you like th these bands believe in you so much and it's like isn't that what I was like trying to get to the root of in the first place was to be working with my favorite bands and helping them and stuff and between that and then like obviously the support of my family and like the people around me who kind of encouraged me especially my husband to just like take the chance like I can do it you know and all of that kind of combined led to me just sitting there and saying fuck it <laughs> and just doing it and throwing myself into it and you know I was freelancing the whole time so I knew that at least I had work coming in that I could build a company around and so I viewed it as less of like making a company and more of just like formalizing what I was already doing in this kind of world I was already building um, and then I spent the latter half of that year just kind of building out the branding and the ideas um, and sorry about that and then um yeah. And then I launched a full year later. So one year to the day of when I was laid off is when I launched No Earbuds. Um, cause I'm, I'm pretty petty, <laughs> pretty petty person. So. <laughs> so you could have launched much earlier, but you're like, let's wait. Oh yeah. I mean, the, well, the website wasn't finished until like two days prior, but it was like, still I could have definitely just like put a logo on my yeah. shit months earlier and nobody cares like nobody gives a shit but no. to me it mattered and it was like I had at this last job like a community of fans and bands that were like forming and I was like seeing it happen in real time and it was so awesome and for that rug to just get pulled out from under everybody sucked so I just viewed it as like let me take the time to make this extra special because it matters to those people. And even if there's not a ton of them, like maintaining that level of like, yo, I know that shit's gone. But we can still do it. And I'll give you something to hold on to. Here's my thing. And I'll give you some content. I'll give you some cool shit over, over the, you know, the next couple of years. But like, it was really just like formalizing what I was already doing, you know, and giving it sort of a new home. 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. That's uh, a lot. I just gave you a lot, but that was everything. It was crazy. It was a crazy year. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I think, um, I mean, I'm interested in like the, 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 the sort of admin stuff or how, how, how you got started, like day, day, day one, when you started your, when you knew you were setting up by yeah. yourself, what were you doing? Were you at home? Did you go and did you go and get a desk somewhere? Did you <laughs> you know did you did you set up and be like right this is this is I'm gonna get all my notepaper out I've got this is a brand new fresh start for me or was it sort of more <laughs> it wasn't of a... I wish it was like that sounds fun it wasn't like that at all it was definitely like because I was freelancing the whole year that yeah. whole time I was working so it was like like it was really just like kind of getting my head around the branding and figuring out like, what did I want to call it? And I think it all Mm. kind of the root of it was like, I felt weird. Like I was like, I got to make a website, but it's weird to just have it be my name. Like that's weird to me. It's like jamiecoletta.com just feels weird. So I was like, I got to come up with another name. And I had used no earbuds in the past for the name of like a radio program I did. So I was like, I love that name. I have a playlist with that name on it. Like I'm going to just develop on that idea. And the name comes from like, I'm obsessed with the office and it's a quote from the office. So it's just like, I I decided to just sort of lean into my own interests a little bit. So the first things were like, just getting that branding down, figuring out what like the logo would look like. Um, And on my website, I made this video bio basically about myself and my career. And it's kind of like, just a really cute animated video that I had made. I can't, I spent a ton of money on it and it was the craziest thing I've done. But that was like, I knew I wanted to make some kind of an impact with something like that versus just like, hey, everybody, I started a company. Here's my website. And it's just like a square space, like simple kind of situation. I was like, I really want it so that maybe there's a level of mystery to what I do. But all you're getting out of my website is that enthusiasm and that passion and that excitement, you know. And so that I, I spent that was like among the first things were like getting the logo figured out, getting the website starting. It was built from scratch and that which. I'm really eating my words on that one now, (laughs) but it was built from scratch and and now I want to update it, but it's okay. Um, And then, yeah, getting that video in place was kind of, those were all my first moves and simultaneously just working, you know, the desk, I will tell you, um, the desk came from my last job. (laughs) They were getting rid of it when they moved out of an office and I was like, well, shit, I'll take it. And so I have that desk here. I didn't have to pay for a desk. Same thing with the laptop. Didn't have to pay for that shit either. Thank you, side one. <laughs> and have you upgraded the desk since? I haven't, and I want to, but I also feel like it's fine. And like I have yeah. no, I've started putting stickers all over, it and I'm just like, oh, now I feel bad to get rid of it. All these beautiful stickers are here. <laughs> I, I only asked because, and I think I'm interested because I think like I've got some similar experiences in the fact that I went freelance as a as a graphic designer after years of working for a company and a boss and spending a lot of time thinking man I feel like I could do aspects of this better like I, I'm I, I'm here to design but the way that they're doing the sales and the way that they're doing the marketing and the way that they're doing um just you know everything I feel like I could I could do that a little bit better so why don't I go it alone but I have a, I mean if you were to look at my Instagram and scroll back eight years or whatever you'd see a picture which says I mean it I went freelance initially and that for me was I set up a separate company and that it was kind of the same thing mm-hmm. freelance and start my business and it says freelancing day one and you can see my desk you can <laughs> see my old computer you can see a really awful wooden chair which if I'd sat on for a long, a long time would have been terrible for my back <laughs> um and, and but 
each little element on that desk I've upgraded over the years and now I'm lucky enough to be sitting in this little sort of home-built studio yeah um, yeah I think at I, some I point I want to do that, that. I do want to like yeah. set myself up differently, I think, because, yeah, this was like how I'm set up is how I've been set up since I got laid off. You know, like we were working the last like year at that job. We were doing like remote work a couple days a week anyway. So, yeah, it was like I've been in that same setup and damn, maybe I'm realizing now that I need to change it up. <laughs> No, you've been focusing on the work. Right, clearly. yeah, like you, I have not, not taken a break yeah, at all. <laughs> yeah. But I will yeah, say... Yeah, I'm the, too worried about the aesthetics. Adam, I will tell you that the for the first maybe like two years of working from home, I can't even make this shit up. I was sitting in a fucking like Ikea, not a Ikea like big adult person computer chair. It was the kids one, the blue one with the holes in it. Still for oh. sale, fourteen ninety nine, baby. I was sitting in that for a cool two years. I can't even believe it. I can't believe oh, that. No. It's crazy. It appears even better because it's a children's chair. At some point, that plastic on the back part snapped down the middle a little bit, so my clothes would always get hooked or my hair. Oh, I had so I many shirts with just I a little. You. Dude, I, I have shirts right now in my closet with a little hole in the back of it, and it's like never, <laughs> never forget sitting in that children's chair for two years <laughs> until I got a real chair. <laughs> Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Jordan. This is all this is all terrifying for me because I literally <laughs> just quit my job like three weeks mm. ago to go freelance for a while, figure out what I'm doing, do more podcast producing and that kind of thing. So um I have a stool. I'm sitting on a on a piece <laughs> of furniture with no back at all. So I don't even I, I'm gonna end up like the hunchback of Notre Dame at the end of this or something. But you're gonna be ordering yeah. a chair in like two weeks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You are not going to be able to sit on a stool all day. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I think Jamie's approach where it's just focusing on the work and obviously clearly you've made a success of it so far is the one because I remember my wife quite often saying to me, what do you, you know, I'd be on Amazon scrolling through different ergonomic, you know, mouse mats or whatever. And she'd be like, shouldn't you just, shouldn't you be trying to get clients? <laughs> and I'm too busy trying to upgrade and spend money that I haven't even made yet. And she'd supported me a lot in those early days to make it so that I could retrain and then, and, and do, and, and do this and not make any money for a few months. Uh, yeah, she was, she was right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, one of the things I was interested in when you started out, and actually, I don't, I don't know the answer to this now, but were you, was it always going to be you by yourself, you know, collaborating with others, of course, but, or, or did you have the idea that you might like to employ somebody, employ a couple of people, grow and make a yeah. big company? Yeah, that, always, that has yeah. definitely been a part of it. It was definitely like, man, if I could like, like have other people around me that see this stuff the way I do and that can... I can sort of show my methods to in a way and kind of train them a little yeah. bit like that would be sick. <laughs> so that is definitely from day one. That was like I figured like my first every year I try to set like one major goal. Um, I've only officially been launched for two. So I only have had done this twice. But my goal for year okay. one was to get to a place where in year two I could hire somebody. You know, like having an employee was a part of this from the beginning, you know, like just because it's just like. I know I can't do this by myself. And like I said, I don't really love doing the publicity work. It's really like draining. And so to have, I've always envisioned like having somebody to help me with that stuff. So I could focus more on like, sorry about that big picture, like ideas and stuff like that. And just like do more creative work than, you know, 
the day-to-day of just like emails, 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 day and pitching, pitching, pitching. So I knew that was a huge thing was just to have somebody else. Um, and I now have two people that I hire. So <laughs> Okay. Amazing. I did pretty good. And you want to keep scaling? I do. Yeah, I would like to. Probably my next thought is like I maybe start looking soon for like another publicist to come in that's got like a little bit more experience and has their contacts and can kind of like biz develop themselves a little bit as long as it's an artist that kind of fits under the the universe that I've created then and and at the end of the day that I can like sit down and say I like you know that I can still listen to and be like yeah no this is cool I think you got this you know um yeah that's what I would probably say is the next step is just getting one more kind of like big you know somebody with a little bit few more years experience just like mid-level in their career kind of and just keep adding to it and at some point I don't know maybe it'd be comes other types of creatives in the promo space can kind of come in and do their work under no earbuds i don't know that's the thing i sort of created it with like no ideas of like yeah what it could be it's just sort of like the potential of it is kind of whatever the people involved want it to be you know and if it gets to a point where there's it could become something totally different at some point i don't even know it's just like somebody's got to come in and be like oh dude i have the best idea to do this and like they just gotta sell me on that shit (laughs) And it's like, this is a community situation. Like, come through and we will build something rad together, you know? So Yeah. And, and the world of work is changing so much now, isn't it? Like, yeah. if this was 15 years ago or something, you might be like, right, and now we need to get a premises and then we're going to need to get this many desks. Yeah, and... fuck that. Yeah. yeah. And especially <laughs> since COVID, of course. Yeah. Everybody's set up for remote working. Yeah. We're, we're proving right now that you can do something across three different time zones. So you yeah. basically have access to everybody in the world exactly it's um, like there's really all, yeah. like as much as i love being around people and collaborating like that in a space together like cool so we'll go on a retreat once a year <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like, or twice a year you know what i mean like we'll meet up at other points like we'll find times to be together and have dedicated brainstorm time but like mm. on a day-to-day with video chat and stuff like you can get shit done <laughs> like and people can yeah. be way more productive when they can control their environment and they can control their schedule and they can kind of have the time that they need to be people and then also produce great work. You know, I think going into an office every day, it's like certain jobs I get, I understand, but others I just don't. I'm just like, I feel like most people are much more productive, like on their own schedule and time, you know, they can kind of just work when they're most efficient and you know, I remember sitting in traffic for an hour every morning trying to get to work. And that's my most productive time of the day. You know, like, by the time I get to the office, I get my coffee, I get settled in. It's already like 1030, dude. (laughs) And it's like, y'all just wasted that chunk of energy and time that is like so crucial for most people. And it's just like and you've told four or five people what you did that evening. You know, everybody's right. Doing small you check talk. in with everybody on your way to your desk. <laughs> it's just like, dude, the yeah. time it takes to settle into the office. It's like you've wasted so much of it that. It, and by then it's like 11. You probably have a call. You got a meeting. It's like your day's fucked in the office. Yeah. You know, it's not for everybody. It's not for me. Maybe some people like it. I don't know. <laughs> Jamie, I, I want to ask a question, and if you're like, no, I don't want to talk about this, sure. that's really cool, but do you think the fact that you've recently become a parent has changed your perspective, especially because, like, you're the boss now, right? Because I know there are lots of people out there who run a business, who hire people, who have kids, 
or who, you know, I mean, I don't have children, but I have a sick parent, so I've done the caregiving thing. And so I think there's something to be said for somebody who's like, real life is real, and you're going to sometimes need to do your shit. And so let's do the remote thing so that if your baby is crying, you can, like, turn your video camera off, but you can still be listening into this call or whatever like that. Yeah. Um. So wait, what was the question? <laughs> do, do you think becoming a parent has sort of, like, changed your perspective on how you run your business? Um, maybe a little bit, um, but not really. I feel like I've kind of always felt this way. I've always felt like people, you need to, like, if I was ever going to be a leader, it's like, you got to respect your people's time and their energy and their health. You know, like, I remember being at a job where like, it would be hard to like, get some time off to go to the doctor. So you just wouldn't go to the doctor. (laughs) Like, shit, like, that's simple, you know, or I remember how like, you know, years ago, I'd be working somewhere and I'd have therapy once a week or something. And I'd have to leave work a little bit early to get there on time. And it was like always so much pressure around that kind of stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, I just feel like people need to like, lighten up, like we're working in music, like we all got to relax, this should be fun. And we should be able to like, we're at our best performance when we're taking care of ourselves. And that applies to everything, you know, you're always at your best. So I think becoming a parent, if anything, it just maybe added a little bit more patience. But I really feel like I was like with or without a kid this was my thought you know you have to be because it's for me like when I would work for other people I'd run into these kinds of situations you know where like I let myself go and I would stop taking care of myself at certain in certain points in my career and I would just suffer and I would just do it for the work and he's like now I'm all these years past that and it's like what was the point of that so that the guy I was doing that for can have a beautiful in-ground pool and I can sit here and be like scrounging money around you know like fuck that like that's part of why I like didn't go take any of those jobs either you know it's just like so I can go work for some other old white guy who's just gonna fucking like make all this money off my passion and I'm not gonna go to the doctor for three years like (laughs) that's fucking crazy so I think Becoming a parent has probably impacted just like every every aspect of my life, obviously. Um, but that is one where like if I was ever going to be someone's boss, like I want to be their be- the best boss. You know, I want to be the boss that helps them like grow, that challenges them, that, you know, I had a, a boss who like when I w- he would have me write a press release and I would just it would be terrible, but he wouldn't like let it go. He wouldn't be like, oh, it's OK, I'll finish it he would literally like be like, okay, here's what I'm going to change or here, why don't you try this? And he would like really work with me to the point where I got it. And so like, I want to be that kind of boss, just like very supportive in both like your professional work performance, but also just like you having a life and being a person. Um, so. Yeah. Now I want cool. Jamie to be my boss. I know, right? <laughs> I do too. I know. I love being my own boss, but I feel like I need a boss like Jamie. <laughs> One thing I'd love to know about is just we've just spoken about how um, the world of work has changed quite a lot. And obviously a lot of people are working from home a lot more um, and how that can be a little bit difficult when it comes to work life balance, being able to switch off. I imagine particularly when you've got a child in the mix as well. I've got a five year old who we were having to homeschool and I was trying to do work um, during the pandemic and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there may be people listening who. I've always thought I've got a cool idea and I like the idea of running a company, but at least when I finish my job for this old white guy, I I shut my laptop and I leave and then I don't think about it for the rest of the evening and I don't think about it on Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday and I don't think about it over Christmas um, or whatever it may be. How do you switch off? Can you switch off? 
Um, How do you do it? Yeah, it took me a little while, I think. I had to, like, even before the before I had a, a baby, I was not good at this. <laughs> so that's real talk. I would just be like, I would work whenever. You know, I'd work late at night. I'd work whenever. I would just be answering emails in bed. I would just be all over the place. Um, but then I think having a baby forced me to, like, put some routines in place and some, like, parameters to my work schedule. So um, having child care support has been great. But just, like, really, like, being strict with my hours of like, okay, I work Monday through Thursday, these hours all day. I have childcare so that I don't have to be super on hand, hands on deck like that. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of, then once like I work on Fridays, but I work and also parent. So I just established like a schedule for myself and a system and made sure that most of the people I work with on a regular basis know about that. So it's like, I don't really do business calls on Fridays because unless that's the only day that works or I've got some family member here to help me out. It's like Fridays are my day to just sort of be with him and like listen to music and just kind of do a different type of work. But I think I just had mm -hmm. to like force those kinds of things into place and give myself those boundaries because, you know, and every day I stop, I turn my computer off and I, I close my email at four o'clock and that's it. It's, it's, it's done. It's a done deal. And if maybe if I have time later at night, once my son goes to bed, then I'll hop back on and see if there's any little things or if I have the inspiration to work, I'll sit down and do something. But um, just, yeah, I had to like force kind of a, a habits into place that I didn't have before. Yeah. But I didn't have to homeschool or anything. So I, I didn't have to do any of that. Uh, so it's way harder, dude. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to think about that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because listeners, when I emailed Jamie this morning with the link to this, uh, the software that we're using to record, I did get you out of office, which says I'm taking the week off to exist as a person outside of my inbox and social media platforms. And I was just like, respect. Yeah. I never turn my out of office on ever. Yeah. And I'm always checking my email and my phone. My dude, let me tell you that I put that in my calendar, like in April, I put a week. I saw that there was a week in August that it was like, okay, I don't have any albums coming out that I've scheduled for that Friday. I'm going to just block it. I have like a, a release calendar that my two employees, that the people who work with me share. And so like I blocked it out and I just wrote like, Jamie, maybe you'll take this week off. Oh God, I really hope you take this week off. Like it was just this long message to yeah. myself. And as it's gotten closer and closer and closer, I was really proud. I'm really proud of myself because many times over the last few months, people have tried to schedule stuff that was within that week. And I would go look at my calendar and I'd see that note to myself and I would write back and be like, I'm actually taking that week off. So can we look at another week? And no one gave me shit for it. You know, like everybody was like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And it was like, oh shit, this is tight. Like I got to do this more often. <laughs> like, just got to schedule that time in my calendar. And here you are on the Monday. Talking about it's work. It's Monday and you're talking about work with us. Excuse me, but I'm only <laughs> talking about it. I'm not doing it. So feels fine. <laughs> That's true. That feels is true. totally yeah. fine. I'm going to get off of no this. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to ask you about anything else after this. I promise. Yeah. I got to say, it should be illegal to email somebody on a Monday about like, where's my pitchfork review? Like you should not be able to do that. Like that should be illegal because thankfully I don't have any of those in my inbox right now, but I have and those suck. But just, yeah, like I'm, I'm off this and then I'm done for the day. I'm going to close my computer and just go be outside and listen to music earlier before um, we jumped on, I was outside and I was going through my Spotify playlist and I keep a playlist every year at the end of the year of everything I listened to and that I liked outside of the stuff I worked on. 
And I went, I was like, damn, let me get in the headspace for like when I started No Earbuds. And so I went back to those playlists and I was able to like listen to some songs that I love from those years. And I was like, nice, nice. Like, and I kind of like could see where my taste was at at that time. It was just, it was a fun little practice that I don't ever have time for anymore. So I will definitely be scheduling these kinds of weeks more often, I think, going forward. That's awesome. I also loved... I don't know why, but like, because I, I follow you and I follow No Earbuds on Twitter, I'm always hearing about the stuff that you're working on and being like, oh, I like that band or like, you know, and, but I've never looked at your client list before. And I was like, oh shit, like James, <laughs> that's, that is legit. There are a lot of bands on yeah. there that I have, yeah. That, that... Uh, I'm, I'm going to play the role of the listener here and be like, well, come on then. We need to hear some of these bands. Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Which ones stood out to you? <laughs> um, so I don't. I, I want to say one that that we talked about on Twitter, but I'm afraid maybe you were just saying that you liked something of theirs. Do you actually work with Delta Sleep? No, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. Okay, cool. Because yeah. they weren't on the list, and I was like, oh, maybe she was just saying she likes. Yeah, stuff no, that was just, that's just yeah. a website not being updated in a while and not having time to okay. update it. <laughs> well, Delta Sleep is yeah, awesome. awesome. Yep. Love them. Um, and then probably the one that I've seen the most would have to be into it over it. I mean, I just can't not, it's just, it's, it's a great, I don't even know. This is why Adam and I didn't do a music podcast because I would just spend <laughs> a lot of time trying to decide the words that I wanted to use to describe things. But I just really love a band whose music is adaptable in terms of like, you don't need to be sad and have it be raining to like, love this song. Right. You know, mm -hmm. like you can take this song, it's like coffee. You can take it on the road. You can take this song to a wedding. You can take this song to a breakup. You can take this song to yeah. any kind of situation. And I kind of feel that way about Into It Over It. Like, yeah, you would really love uh, this band Pet Symmetry. It's the one of the guys from Into It Over It's other band. And it's like really fun, like, you know, pop music for like the end of the world. So it's like dark and sad, but it's also like delivered in the like catchiest package ever. It's really fun. So they just put a record out. Oh my God. Look at me. I said uh, I, I was... wasn't going to work. <laughs> I was, I was sitting here thinking, I can't wait for them to say some bands I know because I'm pretty hip and I know every, you know, I know a lot about music still. You should know Delta Sleep. You should. Delta yeah, you're Sleep. from, you I'm, have I'm an looking... accent, bro. You should know who Delta Sleep is. I've yeah. opened up Delta Sleep on uh, on my Spotify and British people introduced me to Delta Sleep, so I am now returning the favor <laughs> and introducing a British person to Delta Sleep. Um, there you go, man. Uh, yeah, I need to listen to more music. This year has been the worst because of the amount of podcasts I've had to had to listen to for work and Oof. record, and it's all podcast, podcast, podcast. And I need more music, so I've just written down these three bands. So that's what I'm doing after this. There you go. You guys carry on. I, I also just have to say, and I'm I'm going to accidentally throw shade to my very best friend in the whole world, Katie Davey, who <laughs> is the reason why Jamie and I have ever met one another. But Katie is notorious for being like, you would like this. And then I listen to it and go, what the fuck were you thinking? I don't like this at all. <laughs> or like, can you please explain to me what it is about this thing? <laughs> Although I will say she did when she, she was just here in New York for her yeah. bridal shower and she played me something in the car. And I was like, oh, this is really. And now it's on my like currently spinning list. Mm -hmm. um, but it's funny because I feel like. And I know it's part of your job and stuff, but when I see the stuff that you share on Twitter, I'm always like, well, Jamie said it's good, so I'm going <laughs> to check it out. 
<laughs> and I've never I've never felt like I and maybe it's like a weird thing in the universe where every time I see something that I haven't heard of before I'm like in the right headspace for it but I feel like every time I've checked something out I've been like oh okay I also like the fact that it's not while yes like I could you could see there's like a, an overall genre that kind of like encompasses everything that it doesn't all sound yeah the same is that something that you like do intentionally yeah I feel like I don't really want any two of one thing you know like I kind of want people who have like a really unique voice and have sort of identified that path for themselves and they have that vision already sort of it's authentic to them and there's nobody else who can kind of do it yeah I think that that's kind of my that's my the only thing I'm really looking for and then otherwise it's just like can I jam to this do I want to listen to it do I learn the words after three or four listens like am I like in you know and if I can get to that level with it, then that's when that's kind of the the move where I'll be like, yeah, I should take this in. But there's plenty of stuff where like one of those two things will be off, you know, like either it sounds too much like or it's too inspired by something else I do or, you know, yeah, I just don't I, I like it, but I don't love it. You know, I don't I can't see myself actively like listening to it. I think when the job is basically just using your excitement about something and your passion to get other people to check it out you really have to be authentic about it so for me specifically it's always been my thing like you could bring me a band with like an unlimited budget and you know all these bells and whistles that would make my job easier and all the numbers and all the stats and all that stuff and I would still say no if I didn't feel like I could put that on and really back it you know and really put my name on it because the reason like what you're saying Jordan is like that's literally the only reason I'm going to keep doing it that way, you know, because I don't ever want to be just pushing something out because it's business and I should take it and it's a good idea or whatever and then have it be inauthentic because it'll come through in the way I talk about it. I won't be able to hide that shit. That's my problem. You know, that's really like my, you know, when they ask in interviews, like, what's your greatest weakness? It's like, that's it. I can't hide this shit. Like, I can't fake it. I'm very transparent. If I don't really back something, you can probably always tell. Um, so I've just gotten to the point where it's like, nah, everything has to sort of just be stuff I vibe with. And that's like, this is just me curating kind of random things I find and songs I love. And, you know, I love to find like, when I'm telling people about music, I love to be like, oh, you got to go to minute one and 27 seconds of this one song. That's the part, you know, like that's, I, I will find any way to like, get people amped but if I don't love what I'm working on how can I find that one minute you know like I'm never gonna that's not gonna happen so I'm glad that you get that out of it because that is the goal (laughs) cool um I just want to bring it back now again to starting a company just before we wrap things up because I was thinking about this earlier today I was thinking what what do I have any sort of wisdom that I could pass on to anybody who's listening who might be interested in starting a company or maybe is um dabbled and it's failed for whatever reason not necessarily you jordan because i don't think this this particular uh, advice will will work for you but I'm you're gonna share company advice I... and it doesn't help me really That's well maybe it will maybe it will but the first company i set up was as i said was just me and it was basically a holding company you know a limited company so that i could do my freelance work so i'd never had any intention of hiring anyone i was always thinking i, I kind of don't want to do that yeah. because then i'll end up managing and i won't be doing the graphic design and the creative stuff and the sitting with my headphones on listening to music and podcasts mm-hmm. i don't want people tapping me on the shoulder <laughs> saying how do i do this um and then 
Um, I was lucky enough to fall into a position where I have set up another company a couple of years ago with two other people. And so there are three of us. We uh, initially started with a total equal sort of shareholding of this company. And that has been incredible because whenever there are decisions to be made, there's always going to be a way of deciding a way forward. Quite often there's two of us discussing something and we're going back and forth going, no, I think this, I think this. And then in our WhatsApp group, the third person will come and say, well, I think this. And then it's kind of decided, like they'll side with one other person. <laughs> and that has been really cool to work with with two other people because if they if they both go against me, uh, previously, if it was just two people, I would have kept on going for that. But if the majority have decided that, then it's probably it's probably right. So yeah. I think uh, it's just kind of interesting to 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 look at the different dynamics there are when you're starting a company. It's not necessarily just going to be you sat at a desk by yourself. Yeah, maybe there are like-minded people to to start off with, and that could be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, and that, and if you are kind of like me, where you're just like, oh, I don't trust anybody, and I don't like anyone enough to start a business with. <laughs> <laughs> um, having just like allies, you know what I mean? Like having people out there who like you trust that maybe you're not starting mm. it with them, but like you can run ideas past them. You can qu- ask them questions like, hey, does this look like shit? Like you can kind of just like have a person for that. Um, that I think yeah. is also, that's how I've kind of made it. It's just having a handful of people who I can turn to and just be like, whether it's for a more creative thing, like, hey, does this look cool? Or a more yeah. business thing, like, hey, how do I do X, Y, and Z? Or, hey, what do you think about this plan? Like, I like having that and it allows me a little bit more control. So there's like ways for everybody. There's really like, and like I started it with zero dollars. Zero. Yeah. So it's just like, you you know, yes, things cost money. And I had to like come up with it and kind of just front it all. But like the reality is I didn't need to do all of those things. You know, like I could just do it for a Squarespace website. You know, like I didn't have to spend that money. That was a choice. But like you can get it started with not a lot. You know, and you can just kind of get going. I think I, my first email was Gmail. You know, like you just you you can start yeah. with whatever. It's not about those kinds of things. It's about what are you doing? Is it real? You know, like do you actually give a shit about this stuff? Because if you do, you'll find a way. You'll figure it out. You know, it's just like sitting down and committing to that is the hardest part. And you need money. And honestly, I had money to survive because I was freelancing at the same time. You know. So it's like there there are caveats to it where you do need to be sort of in a position where you can just take a risk like that. But um, you don't need a ton of startup and you don't need to do it alone and you don't need to do it with other people. There's ways to do it every in every way you want. So What I think is interesting, though, about both of those stories is that in your own way, you're both talking about having a small community that you've turned into a big community, yeah. which I think is sick. Like that's the dream. Right. When you have something that you're really passionate about, in Adam's case, it was podcasting and pod Bible. And then in Jamie's case, it was music. And you take these like people that you trust, people that you whose like judgment you can count on, people who are going to support you, even if you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Because we all have those days where like, I don't, I can't make another decision. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling stressed or frustrated or whatever it might be. Those people who can just be like, then let's get ice cream. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Let's get a beer. Let's take a break. Let's talk about something else. Let's listen to the song together and then we'll come back to it and it'll be okay. And you've built these two really big communities out of it, which I think is so awesome. Yeah. Please let that happen to me. (laughs) You will. Yeah. You'll be fine. (laughs) 
You got it. It will happen. By the time this comes out, Jordan. And this is like, yeah, this is like an announcement of a big promo for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I mean, usually we wrap things up by saying, um, you know, if you could go back to that first time, is there anything that you would do differently? But you're kind of still living that first time very successfully by the sounds of things. So yeah. I don't know. It's... Yeah, there's plenty I would do differently. I definitely wouldn't have made a custom website. <laughs> <laughs> gotten a real chair i would have gotten real a real chair. chair um yeah real there's chair. all kinds of things i would have done differently sure but none of which you know none, none of the core thing you know i definitely still hmm. it's very hard and scary and intense but i i wouldn't change it for the world because i don't have to answer to anybody anymore and that's that's the best gift i've ever given myself is to not have to go work for some dude and give him all of my best years and all of my best passion and, and excitement and let him just run it into the ground so now it's all my my success is my own and that you know I wouldn't change anything about that. How about that for rounding up a podcast conversation? Jamie, what a pro. Can't really get any better than that i think in the uh in the full version of that interview we both were kind of like and we'll cut it there because that was <laughs> that was the end yeah and she's like i know what i'm doing guys i've done a few podcasts i know how to wrap things up like, yes we've booked a good guest here um so yeah i mean i'm sure everybody will have enjoyed that i loved listening to that back when uh, when we were editing it and of course having the conversation originally so thank you so much to jamie for coming on Jamie's on Twitter if people want to follow. Is it at Jamie Coletta? Yeah, she's at Jamie Coletta, which is J-A-M-I-E-C-O-L-E-T-T-A. And you can check out her company at No Earbuds. Nice. Spelled exactly how you think. Yep. <laughs> and if you want to check out the uh, playlist that, that we referred to, then just head on to Spotify and search for No Earbuds. I am now following that playlist. And it's great. It's true. It's, it's regularly... Uh, updated with i mean it's yeah the kind of music i like to listen to basically and i struggle sometimes i'll search for particular genres uh in spotify and often there's a load of sort of uh junk that i'm not particularly interested in but i can heartily recommend the no earbuds playlist um let's also drop it on twitter okay let's drop the link on twitter because i think people yeah. will enjoy that a lot we'll do that so head to ftfe pod uh, on Twitter if you want to see uh, the link and click through to that on Spotify. Um, I've got a quickly reference. We did talk about the Slipknot video. Um, and yeah, I I mean, let's see what happens. You know, if a Twitter campaign starts and people are insisting, but those photos are such bad quality and I look, and I look like I'm about four, even though I was about 17, uh, yeah. I haven't actually brought them to the table to share with you guys yet. Well, Adam, let me just throw this out there. If you share the Slipknot photos, you're setting a precedent for other people to share their embarrassing photos from when they were young, including myself. So if you share your Slipknot photos now, in the future, you could play that card and be like, 
Jordan, I shared the Slipknot photos. You have to send us this embarrassing thing. Interesting. Okay. All right. I'll have a think. You may have just persuaded me. Um, If people uh, were inspired by that chat or have similar stories, you know, there'll be a lot of people out there who have started their own business and we would love to hear about it if it's gone really well, if it's gone really badly. You know, if you've learned from it and you've moved on and you started again, we want to hear about those first times. Um, Do you have the details, Jordan, if people want to get in touch? Yes, you can get at us on Twitter, which is at FTFEpod, or you can email us at FTFEpod at gmail.com. Brilliant. All right. Weekly challenge time. Jordan and I both did something for the first time this week, which is exciting. I already love the fact that we're trying new things each week, even if some things are going to go better than others, as you're about to hear. Um, Jordan, yours was to basically have a a kick about play football tried to do some keepy uppies you're a uh, fairly new football fan but you never really played football soccer if you're american which you are i am but, you know yeah. obviously some of our listeners are too how did it go um first of all i had no idea what i was doing but it was fun it's actually really fun and <laughs> yeah. um so i have a, a very nice back garden that i kicked the ball around in for a little while i got very sweaty mm-hmm. um And then I tried to keep the ball up with my knees, which is really hard. Like, it's so unbelievably hard to do that. But I managed to go from my right knee to my left knee back to my right knee. And I was like, I think that's the best that it's going to get. And I was really proud of myself. Wow. Yeah. So three keepy uppies. That's pretty good for a first time. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, I'm hoping by the end of this podcast, you know, well, not this episode, but when we finally stop doing this podcast, you might have got to like five or six. Are you going to keep it up? I I see. And that's exactly the joke I was going to make. I'm going to try keeping up the keepy uppies. So, yeah, I'll I'll come back at some point and let you all know how maybe at the end of the Premier League season, I'll let you know how many I can do at that point. Perfect. I think the most I ever did when I was about 16, I think I did like 40 so and i keep thinking i should try and do that again but then it won't be my first time so you know what's the point what's the point in but doing it might anything? be your first time getting to 41 <sighs> that's very true mm-hmm. okay maybe after this once we finish recording i'll get out there and start doing it okay. um my challenge yeah this was interesting didn't you try the bomb hot sauce? The bomb hot sauce, yeah. For everyone who's seen the Hot One series on YouTube or is just aware of hot sauces, the bomb is kind of the one that everybody wants to avoid, but I think a lot of people are curious about trying. And I've certainly been curious. I've had the bottle in my cupboard for about two years, waiting for a moment when we, you know, maybe have some friends around and I try and do the hot wing challenge. But that hasn't happened, COVID and various other reasons. So instead, I tried it, sat by myself. I did it at the weekend and I recorded a bit of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my wife was interested to see what was happening. So was my five-year-old daughter. But I said, sorry, guys, I've got to go and do this quietly in a room by myself because I'm recording it and uh, who knows what's going to happen. So I did. I did try it and I very much tried to do it uh in the proper way uh, as they do on hot ones anyway we've got a clip we've got a couple of clips but here's the first one all right i'm going to do this proper hot one style in the sense that i'm going all in i'm going to have a proper bite i'm going to try and eat the whole chicken wing apart from the bone obviously and uh yeah see how we get on so i'm not just gonna have a little nibble here we go
Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god, it's building a lot. Mmm. <laughs> oh my god, my tongue. I feel bad now. I feel like I should have given a little warning that there's going to be some gross eating eating noises. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you and you can cut this out. That is like my number one pet peeve is when people eat things on podcasts. It's so, yeah. it grosses me out so bad. But that was also particularly hilarious. Like your, your sounds of pain and horrible. We're going to keep that in. We're going to keep that in, John, because I think there's going to be a lot of people who, uh, We'll agree. Maybe picking this for a first challenge for the first episode um, was a bad idea because people are going to hear me chewing a spicy hot <laughs> wing and never want to listen again. Um, but basically, I did that. It was uh, kind of like, oh, okay. And then it hit me. And then I had about a minute or two of just not being able to talk. So I've, you'll be pleased to know that I've cut all that out because I'm just grunting and making weird noises. But uh, here is how it ends. I want to tell you what it's like, but I can't. my lips. I... Oh my god! <laughs> it feels like someone's taken a cheese grater to my lips and my tongue. <laughs> okay, just for <sighs> to try and speed things up. Oh my god! Yeah, oh. it was impossible. I have no idea how those guests do it. The, and, and the idea of having five or six, or is it maybe even seven hot sauces before they get to the bomb, so their mouth's already on fire, and then they have that, and then they're answering questions about their career, and they're trying to retain their dignity. Absolutely no idea. I couldn't talk. I was looking at the microphone going, I, I want to talk, but I can't. It was awful. So I have actually never watched a, like a full episode of that show, but yeah. I did watch a clip of, was it, he came on Jimmy Fallon's show and Selena Gomez was there. It's like the three of them together, but Jimmy and Selena are the ones eating the wings. Yeah. And it like Jimmy's inability to stay in the chair after like the third wing is one of the, I mean, Jimmy Fallon's known for just not being able to keep his composure, but mm -hmm. it is one of the funniest things in the world. I used, so I used to live in Buffalo, which is known for Buffalo wing sauce, of course. which I love. But I will never understand people's, like, love of food that causes them pain. Like, I, I love food, and I love to try lots of flavors and textures and stuff. But food that hurts, no, I don't want that in my life. So No. I mean, yeah. I'll admit, five minutes after, ten minutes after, I felt really alive. I felt really alert. <laughs> and, like, I, I felt like I'd sort of had an ice-cold shower or something, except for the inside of my mouth. But, um, yeah. I'm not saying I'd never do it again, but I'd probably do it with friends. Like, as, at least I've got the little bit of experience and now I could see if I could do it again with friends and maybe do the full full challenge. But yeah, what a start to our weekly challenges. So what are we going to do for next week? Have you um, thought something that you'd like to do? Yes. So over the course of the pandemic, I feel like everybody picked up a hobby. For a lot of people, it was baking bread. For me, it was photography. And I actually got into film photography um, my uncle was big into photography he took all of my parents wedding photos and he actually gave me his camera that he took those photos with and wow. I also have my mom's film camera so I have a bunch of film cameras that I've been using and so I've been doing this for about a year now I'm not suggesting I'm a professional but 
I know I actually recently got a, a, an email, a message from a brand new magazine, literary magazine, that's asking for amateur photography submissions. And so I'm going to submit my photography for the first time. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll have to share some of these photos then. Maybe yeah. if you're successful. Only if you make it in the mag. If you if you fail, then we don't want anything to do well, with it. Well, if I make it in the mag, then we'll have to share the mag. Well, I won't be able to share the photos. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Well, okay. I'll share some other ones that I'm not submitting that are from the same, like, shoot and stuff. How's nice. That? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I have decided that uh, I am going to do, like, a physical thing, but... You know, when it comes to a lot of the physical challenges that I might like to try at some point, this one's pretty chilled. Um, I have done a fair bit of yoga in my time, but I've never done Pilates. So I am going to uh, do Pilates. And I'm not going to go to a class um, because I'm not going to be able to fit that in. But I have a very nice sort of gym area in my office. And I do, I put YouTube on the TV and I watch uh, and, I, and I do yoga classes from time to time. So I'm going to find a Pilates one. If anybody wants to get in touch and recommend their Pilates YouTube channel, then, then I'm all for it. And we'll see how it goes. Because I've heard interesting things about Pilates. Like it's hard to get into the headspace and um, take what's happening seriously. Um, and a lot of the time, maybe it feels like you're not actually sort of exerting yourself. It's just what I've heard. But I'm going to find out as I do it for the first time this week. That's really exciting. I've never done Pilates either. So once you do it, I'll see how it goes and maybe I'll add it to my list for the future. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're adding things from me to your list, then the bomb is definitely happening for you soon. No, thank you. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Okay, that is it for the second episode of First Time for Everything. We'll be back next week, of course, with a brand new guest. Um, if people would like to support us, then please do follow the podcast on your podcast apps or subscribe. Uh, leave a review that really helps early on um, leave a rating and a review on apple podcasts and uh, check out the show notes once again jordan has written those up uh, with lots of detail i don't think the ones for pip ended up being very funny i think i was trying really hard to make sure that people got the information that they needed um, i will put in the show notes warning adam chewing noises coming yeah, so that people do. can skip that if they want to, because as much as I enjoy doing this podcast with you, Adam, I I would probably skip that. Part, so <laughs> I'll I'll tell you now, I actually turned down those bits. So the bits where I'm talking, normal volume, the bits where I was sort of masticating, uh, I turned them right down, and Thank you. they still sound gross. Okay, <laughs> um, if you like the artwork of this podcast, it was done by Katie Burke, and if you like the music, it was put together by Funkle Albert, um, and uh, Katie's got a lovely website. What is it? Katie Friggin Burke? That'll be in the show notes as well. Yep. And uh, Funk Albert has a SoundCloud you can check out. So that is it. This was it. I can't remember how I'm supposed to end, but I know that you're a fan of the last ending. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye.